Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Secret of Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. The views expressed on The Secret to Everything are not necessarily those of the host, the co-host, or our guest. All medical information given is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any disease or condition. Please see your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. And as always, thank you for listening. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, N.D., CNH, is the best-selling author of the ebook The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now. Available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country, as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Good Wednesday evening, everyone. I never learned that I need to start earlier with Blog Talk Radio, maybe like three days earlier. We always have issues, but we are here, and I am very excited. My phone may be a little in and out. I was trying to Skype in. That didn't work. Couldn't get the board up. But we have um, the beautiful Michelle, I believe, with us. I'm not sure which line she's on, so I'm going to have to guess. But um, she is the author of The Tenth Door, and... um, quickly became one of my role models for such a beautiful expression of the divine feminine and of consciousness itself. So I believe we have the lovely Shannon as well with us. Hello. <laughs> it's like a game show. Man, you're Vanna White. I don't know who Walt is. I figured that out. And I think we have Walt with us as well. Walt, are you here? Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you. And so um, I actually have a little bit of a meditation um, in celebration of Michelle. I went a little extra effort, but um, that I'll do in a minute. But first, I kind of wanted to cover announcements and see if you guys had anything you wanted to chat about or, or tell us about your week. So anything new, Walt? Um, well, yes. I am, <laughs> I am going to the Midwest. To do a, I'm going wow. to the Midwest to do a a cleansing for a uh, for a possible TV show pilot. So we'll see what happens. Oh, is, that, is that your cleansing? I mean, no. is that for your TV show? No, it's just something new. Oh. It's something it's new, and uh, 
and I'm going to, it's going to be out in the Midwest, and and I'll be going next week. So I'm looking forward to oh. this, this little road trip here. Oh, is it, um, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say, Shannon? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, Shannon, you're supposed to know this. Oh, no, it's top secret. You can't tell us anything? Well, it's kind of, um, it's going to be uh, a show on, I, I guess more along the lines maybe of like a paranormal state type of show. Um, Does that mean do, What's that? Is Ryan involved with this? No, he is not. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, you, you brought up it's, um, it's somebody else, and we're just going to go out and see if we can, uh, you know, gather some evidence and help these people get their life back. Very interesting. Hmm. You yeah, can't tell is. us. You can't tell us the state that it's in. Yeah, uh, Missouri. Oh, that's in the Midwest. Utah. It is me. So, I live in the Midwest. Wouldn't you say Shannon, Missouri is not the Midwest. That's like, what is that, south? I would say that's the south, what, east? South? South? Southeast? It's the Midwest. Midwest, right? I'm not getting in this argument, but I know it's not. You know, I'm going to Google Midwest states, and hopefully Missouri is one of them. Oh, Wow. Well, um, I don't want to take up Michelle's time, so we will move on from that. Shannon, do you have anything new you want to tell us about your personal life? <laughs> um, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> what would what I do have some things that I would like to talk about. Um, okay. As everybody knows, I've, you know, we've been talking about this for a while now. Our psychic class is dr.kim at gmail.com. I can send you, um, you know, the outline for the program, everything it contains, and help you sign up if you want to. Um, we also have a class in April. It's a live video class, and it's going to be on using, which um, every, a lot of people that have seen our other videos are really excited about. And if you haven't seen the first two videos, you don't have to, you don't have to see those to actually, you know, be included in the third video. They're all kind of on magic manifestation, but they're all different tools and techniques. So you don't have to see the first one to, you know, go on to the second one or go on to the third one. They're all pretty separate. Um, again, you can email me if you have any questions about that. And that class is going to be April 21st, so you still have plenty of time to sign up. And, uh, of course, Jared and Kim are doing their ultimate access April, they've done this program. They did it in December. They did it again in February, March, and now they're doing April. It's been a huge success. We've had some people um, stay in it all of those months because they've seen such a huge difference in their life. So if anybody wants to sign up for that, they can email me that. Then that's my email also. We actually um, did it in January too, Shannon. We did like uh, just energy transmission. But oh, yeah, it was just been- for the one group. That's true. That's true. So we've been doing it. I don't know. We're old pros at that, but it's a marvelous, marvelous program, and the sum total of the energy is much greater than either Jared or I by ourselves. So um, do check that out. Um, okay. Well, do you have our upcoming radio guest? I sure do. 
Um, next week, April 3rd, we have my friend Carrie Adams from the Carrie Adams Show, and she will talk about all things pertaining to dating, being single, and how to find your perfect match. Oh, and then that's on awesome. April, yeah, you girls, uh, you girls should be uh, interested in that one, right? Yeah, right in our element. <laughs> um, and then on April 10th, we have Teresa from The Radiant Key. And Teresa is a medium channel intuitive life coach and author of The Real Mary Magdalene, one of the most powerful women in history. That should be interesting. Then on April 17th, we have Shane from Spike Paranormal, uh, and he will be talking about uh, some of his life experiences with ghost hunting and the types of techniques he uses. That's uh, one of my favorite topics there, Kim and Shannon. And then on April 24th, we have the lovely Alicia, and Alicia is author of Capitol Hill. She's an attorney who worked for various political leaders, and she has some stories for us about that. Very good. Sounds like a lot of variety coming up. And um, <laughs> as usual, you never know what you're going to get on the secret to everything. But um, really quick, this is just a brief, brief meditation, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. I just want to kind of prepare the energy uh, for Michelle. Um, so this kind of came to me right before, a little bit right before the show. So um, take a deep breath in and um, take a deep breath out. Let it all the way out. Michelle's actually much better at breathing than I am, but I try. <laughs> um, kind of go in and look at your life a little bit as we do this meditation. And I'm going to do it in the first person. So as I look at my life, I'm becoming aware of the areas where I am and am not living my highest truth. I choose to live in my highest truth from this moment forward. I choose to let go of whatever is in the way of who I am continually being and who I am being in alignment with my highest truth. I choose to let go of old things and unused things in my life, including both physical things and non-physical things. Things like old clothes, old things, old mementos from old relationships, old furniture that I threw in the garage or the basement, even some old letters and old photos. Because some of these things hold energy and no longer support me living in my highest truth. I let go of old places, old stomping grounds where I used to hang out with my ex-husband, old hangouts, places which no longer support who I am being right now in my highest truth. I might have to let go of people, old relationships, old contacts, old friends, old associations, even family, people which do not support the level of consciousness I'm in now or who support my highest truth. And most importantly, as we go into this interview with Michelle, we let go of previous understanding, old perceptions, old conceptions, previous thoughts about what we actually thought we understood 
which no longer supports our highest truth. And so with that little meditation, I would like to, I hope this is Michelle, otherwise it's going to be really awkward. (laughs) I'd like to... Hello. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Hi, Hello. Dr. Kimberly. Hi. Oh, it's is so good to hear your voice. <laughs> this Hi, is me. Looks like Dr. You. Kimberly was cut off. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Can you guys hear me? There? Now we can. Yeah. Hear. You can? Okay. Um, well, welcome back for your second go-around. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. It's really an honor. I appreciate it. Oh well, um, yeah, you were really one of my. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to do an edit of all my shows and, and do the best of the secret to everything. And you would definitely be part of that because I so oh. enjoy your presence. And you know, I love your book. You know, my only regret is it's not signed. That's still my number one complaint. I just told Shannon if she's really nice to me, I'll buy her a copy for her birthday. It's so oh, good. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to get you a signed copy. Oh, oh you're so sweet. sweet. But um. The Tenth Door really um, is such a marvelous book, and I was researching a little online when I was looking for pictures to put up, Michelle, and you actually have um, books. People are doing this for their book club, I hear, all over. Yes, you know, I discovered that some some, uh, yoga book clubs started on, and uh, I did some Skyping with the book clubs, and it was a lot of fun, and it's great to be able to connect with the people visually, who were reading the book, so it was great. You know, um, your meditation was so beautiful, and it, it it's so in line with the concepts of the book because um, in the book, I, I, I talk of the subtitle of the book, as you know, is An Adventure Through the Jungles of Enlightenment. And the jungles of enlightenment are the mental thought patterns and belief systems that hold us back from moving forward uh, to the next level, moving up to the next level in consciousness. And um, so it's also the jungles of El Salvador where I spent four years um, uh, working with a great master uh, spiritual teacher, a lot of it in solitude. And so uh, the meditation this morning is so much of what my work, or the meditation that you just did is so much of what my work is really focused on right now in helping people break through our self-limiting concepts. You know, I saw a movie recently, perhaps you saw it, and it wasn't really recently, four or five years ago, but in the evolution of my life, that's recently. And it was called, yeah, it was called um, What the Bleep. Do I know? Do you remember that movie, What the Bleep? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What the Bleep was a movie about the nature of reality. And there were a lot of interesting concepts in, in the movie. But one of the things that was brought out is that every moment we are exposed to over 400 billion pieces of information. And out of those 400 billion pieces of information, we subconsciously sub-select the 2,000 that support what we already believe reality to be. So as we go through our hours and minutes and lives, we are only selecting the information that's going to support what we already believe. So we become stuck in a wheel of um, of really unreality. 
And so part of the task on the spiritual path is to break through those self-limiting beliefs so that we can really, um, as you said, we can really touch uh, or live from our highest truth and uh, release some of these self-limiting belief systems. So it's really fascinating work on many, many levels, don't you think? Actually, something just clicked in for me that never quite clicked in because I don't spend a lot of time anymore thinking about kind of the 3D plane, but that you actually just explained so beautifully why we have this division in all cultures that we do, like political division, uh, you know, all the divisions that we put between us. It's really because we fortify, you know, those belief systems, you know, whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat or, you know, whether you, you know, whatever you believe in, in your moral or political or spiritual beliefs. We actually fortify those. And, you know, by, mm-hmm. I think, what you just said, you know, we choose what TV shows we watch. We choose who our friends are. We surround ourselves to kind of keep that very carefully programmed, crafted reality in place. And then we attack anyone that cracks, you know, that mirror and makes us question or really makes us think or even deeper mm-hmm. feel. You know? That's, That's great. Exactly that really pulls it down to a, a basic day-to-day way of living and and, uh, seeing the world. Yeah. So. Well, well, for those of us, I I guess we kind of dived right in because. um, (laughs) We certainly did. Well, Michelle and I could just chit-chat and have this great consciousness conversation, but people are probably like, what? So maybe we should give the listeners that haven't heard you on the previous program, and it is in the archives, and you can look it up, and I think uh, we probably went deeper into Michelle's actual journey or her story, um, I'd rather focus tonight, you know, on maybe, you know, what you're learning and doing now, And um, but if you could briefly tell us how you came to write a book called The Tenth Door, what that means, the title, and, and just really briefly the journey uh, that took you to where you are now. I would love to. So The Tenth Door is actually... There are nine physical openings in the body, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the nose, and you can count the rest. But there's a secret spiritual opening at the crown of the head known as the tenth door. And some people refer to it as the crown chakra, the seventh seventh chakra, but it's called the tenth door. And uh, the spiritual adept learns to actually... um, leave the body through the crown of the head. And it's said to be the most uh, conscious and highest form of death is having the spirit leave the body at the moment of death. And although that my book doesn't dwell on that, it brings that concept out um, as part of the, um, the different uh, spiritual uh, laws and uh, interesting facts coming from uh, basically yoga, but it actually covers all wisdom traditions. It's, it's the universal truth of the wisdom truth. And uh, I, I taught in my book, I, I had had a very unusual and unique experience. Most people were my age at the time were um, getting married and raising families, but I actually met a great teacher, um, and he was an unusual teacher in San Francisco. His name was Walt Baptiste, 
and his, he was married with a family, and I soon learned that he had a lot of information about life and living that I had never learned in Cleveland. And so I studied with him. I studied with him for two years. I kept saying, I'm a long way from Cleveland. And after two years at his center in San Francisco, and at the center in San Francisco, there was a health food store, a uh, restaurant, uh, a gym, weightlifting gym. He had been a former Mr. America. There was a um, a yoga studio, and his wife was a great dancer, and so there were dance classes as well. And many, many people would come to the center for different reasons. Some came because of the yoga and the meditation. Some came because they wanted to learn belly dancing or East Indian dance. And some came because they wanted to work out in the gym or just to come and have a meal. But whatever people came for, they always walked away with a lot more than they expected. So after two years, uh, I had an opportunity to go to El Salvador, where the Baptists were building a spiritual retreat on the ocean. And uh, during that period, I spent almost four years mostly in solitude. And during that period of time, he gave me very unusual practices, very uh, tests, I would say, uh, to help me break through my um, conditioning, I guess you could say. Most people don't realize that really one of the most important elements of true yoga is to break through our conditioning and to achieve higher states of who we are in reality. So um, so our true nature, uh, um, you referred to as the highest truth, and to find that within ourselves. And one of the interesting things about this particular uh, program that I was in, and my book is about the first seven years, although I was with him for 30 years, wow. uh, what, uh, yeah, was the whole, whole idea of balance. He wanted balanced people. He didn't want people that... Um, just sort of floated off somewhere. He wanted people who were strong, so there was the gym. He wanted people who could really be successful and effective in the material world as well as in the um, and as well as spiritually and mentally strong and emotionally strong. And so all of us used the gym. We worked out with weights. I still do. I've been doing it for 35 years. And, um, and meditation, yoga, and also really striving to look at our minds, look at our thoughts, and um, weed out the weaker thoughts. So that, that is sort of in a nutshell uh, my training and my journey with this incredible teacher. Uh, and, and so for about 20 years, I felt guilty because I knew I had to write a book about it. And finally, one day, I decided to, decided to do it, and I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And I, um, the day that I hired an editor to help me with the book, because I decided I had to really have somebody help me, and if I was going to be serious, the day I signed the contract, my husband was rooting around in the garage, and he came across an old box. And in the box were a whole box full of journals that I had kept during that period every day. So for 10 years of journals, some of them were stuck together. The pages were stuck together because one, they had been in a flood. and you know, But most of them were in pretty good condition, and I was able to recall I had written down exact conversations with people 
and especially with my teacher. So what happened with the book is it became a story of my adventure, but through the story there's a lot of uh, spiritual truths and really practical practices that we can do to help us move forward. So that was the part one of your question. And part two is, um, what am I doing now? Well, I just came back from an amazing adventure. I've been in India for the last six weeks. And Mm -hmm. in 1996, uh, my teacher, Walt Baptiste, brought a group of his teaching students to India to visit some of the different ashrams in India. Now, for those of your listeners who don't know what an ashram is, an ashram is a place where people gather, and some live, to study with a spiritual guide. And so in 1996, we went to India with Walt Baptiste, and we went, one of the first places we went, first ashrams, was an ashram in the north of India called Rishikesh that was um, owned or run by, and the lead teacher was a man named Swami Veda Bharati. And Swami Veda... Uh, speaks 17 languages, if you can imagine. He's absolutely brilliant, and he travels all over the world and has since he was 11 years old. Well, Swami Veda has talked about going into silence, and he has decided, he decided to go into silence for five years, if you can imagine. And so... uh, Some of his students, and I have been, since my teacher died, I have been a student of Swami Veda's. Uh, My husband and I went to India, and we we did the first nine days of silence with Swami Veda. So there were about 200 people from uh, around the world who decided to come and do the first nine days of silence with him. So I just came back four days ago, and up to five days ago, I was in silence for nine days. And it was just, it was so wonderful. It was so peaceful. And you really get a chance to feel yourself because there's no, they set it up so that you don't have to do anything. You know, the meals are there and you have a little schedule for yourself. It's not a group schedule except for the meditations. And it was fantastic. So I wanted to share that with you because it was such a beautiful experience. And silence is such an uh, an amazing thing because we don't really get a lot of it in our society. And so often uh, we say, we talk to other people because we want to fill the space. We're not comfortable just being ourselves with another person unless we know them intimately. And even then. So it was just beautiful to be with so many people and not feel a responsibility to fill the space or to reach out. And also, in silence, so much of our speaking, we have no idea, but so much of our speaking takes energy. We use a lot of energy talking. And when you don't speak for a while, that energy, it's almost like there's a seed inside yourself that builds and grows. So there's another part of ourselves that can develop when we're silent. And I'm still finding out what all that is because I'm sure it'll be months that I'll be digesting the experience. Have you ever experienced silence? Have you ever done a silent retreat? I haven't, but it's incredible you say that. And anyone who knows me would be willing to grab my 
now. Next week, 
came from a generation that wasn't really emotional. They didn't show a lot of emotion. Now, he was a, a, he played the flute with the Cleveland Orchestra for many years, so his uh, emotions you, you got through his music. I mean, absolutely exquisite. But as far as relating that way, uh, it wasn't really um, it, there as many, many other people in, in that generation. So, I mean, if from a deep heart level, that wasn't demonstrated. And so I reached out. One of the important things in my life was to have acceptance from men. And I don't know how many women in the audience can relate to this, probably 90%. But I always had a boyfriend, and I always needed to have a man around. And then, of course, in El Salvador, that wasn't the case because I was in the jungles. But that was generally my... And there were a few times... Now, one of the things with these spiritual teachers is they shake you up. They can see what needs to be cleaned out, and they can really get in there and shake you up. I don't know how else to say it. So Swami Veda usually is very warm to me and um, always, you know, I have a private audience with him, very warm. But when we, when I started, I was there for 20 days. He didn't acknowledge my presence. I would smile. He wouldn't look at me. And so when I went into silence, all this stuff started coming out. And then, by the end, it was fine. But, I, I mean, he was very warm and loving, but I realized very clearly that he was doing this to get me to work through that. And um, it was so powerful. And re- it really is I, – I can't tell you exactly what happened yet because I haven't lived long enough to be able to see it in my life, how that is going to change things, but it definitely will. So I would say that, I think, was an incredible gift because it means that if I have broken through that need to have that male, you know, acceptance, then I'll just be another step on the way of really being who I am in my life. I have a question for you, um, Michelle. Do you have a website we can go on? I do. My website is uh, www.rajayogis, R-A-J-A-Y-O-G-I-S, dot net. So rajayogis.net. And my website will, it, there's, the book is available on my website. Actually, it's this little cheaper than Amazon. And uh, I do have tapes and um, meditation and self-healing tapes that are available on the website. And also there's a page on my retreats. So I actually have a couple of retreats coming up, five day and a weekend, two of them at our Esalen Institute on the West Coast in Big Sur. And um, I'm doing one for the first time with my husband at Kripalu. And Kripalu is in Lenox, Massachusetts on the East Coast, and both of those are in June. So if anybody's interested in diving into the work and having fun doing it, um, that information is on my website. And what are the... Yeah, I was going to ask, what are those what are, that you're offering? What do you do in those? Is that a silence thing or, or is that... You know, I think when I just left India, one of the last things Swami Veda said before he went into silence was he suggested that we 
um, do a little bit more silence in our retreats. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, people, I just got an email from somebody. I'm doing a women's retreat in um, Puerto Vallarta at the end of April. And somebody emailed me and said, would you have a day of silence? And that's a one-week retreat. And I thought, yeah, that would be great if people were interested and it could be optional. So probably at Kripalu, um, we will do something for a day. And the titles of them at Esalen on the, east, on the West Coast, it's called Unifying the Mind and Heart. And um, Raja Yoga, which is the kind of yoga that I teach, which includes the physical, but a lot of breathing and uh, meditation and also this idea of working through the mind. And most people really have great breakthroughs, even just in five days. It's amazing. And um, and then on the east, on the west coast at Kripa, at uh, Esalen, um, that's my, uh, unifying mind and heart. And then at Kripalo, we're doing uh, Raja Yoga, and it's coming from a place of joy. And uh, so we'll be doing a lot of laughing. Now, I know I, there are a lot of different types of yoga. So can you tell me what's, what's special about the Kaja Yoga? Okay, sure, I'd be glad to. Um, Raja Yoga includes all of the yogas. So if you think of an umbrella, and under the umbrella there are eight, and the umbrella is Raja Yoga. And then under the umbrella, there's uh, eight steps. One of those steps is Hatha Yoga, which is the physical posture. Yeah, I've heard of that one. That's the one that I've heard of. Yeah, and Hatha Yoga includes practically everything that's taught in, in the United States. So Iyengar Yoga is a kind of Hatha Yoga. Ashtanga Yoga is a kind of Hatha Yoga. Um, anything that has to do with the physical, which most of that is in this country, um, but but that's only one of eight steps. There are seven others. Another one is meditation. Another one is breathing. Another one is how are we living our lives and what kind of thoughts are we thinking. So what what Raja Yoga, what we do is we make it more than a physical event. We incorporate all of these things in one package. That's so awesome. you, It's great. It's great. So physically... You know, you stay in good shape. It's not killer by any means. It's thought more thoughtful. But it's also, you know, people get a lot out of it physically as well. And, uh, yeah, people love it. So it's are, not – uh, go ahead. Are these outdoor or indoor ret- retreats? Uh, we try to do both because, um, for example, at Esalen – have you ever been to Big Sur in California? No. It's I heard probably the, it's oh, beautiful. It's, it's, Oh, my gosh. It's so gorgeous. It's right on the cliffs of Big Sur with the Pacific Ocean crashing below. And they have these beautiful hot tubs that are um, that are made right in the cliff, in the cliff itself. So you're sitting in the cliff overlooking these incre- and the incredible Pacific and these natural hot springs. Can and I think you should take a business trip. Yeah, you should. <laughs> organic gardens, <laughs> organic gardens, so they grow their own food. And they have a lot of people who live there, too, and study there. They have a work-study program where you can work there for a couple of months. And so they get a lot of people from all over the world, really, a lot of Europeans as well, and uh, a lot of psychology. Uh, it was based on Gestalt psychology. The founders were very involved in that. So they work a lot with, they have many, many different workshops. And Kripalu on the East Coast 
is um, in Lenox, Massachusetts, which which is in there's um, in near mountains and it's uh, I haven't been there in years, but it's it's it looks just beautiful. And if people want to look at their website, it's K R I P A L U. So we well, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of things outdoors as well. Do, do you have, like, a certain type of clothing that you wear when you do these retreats, or, or is it, like, you can wear just anything? Or, like, like when you're talking about being silent for nine days, I, I just kind of imagine you in, like, a robe or something like that. Is that is that, is that, is that <laughs> no. What is that? Uh, no, no. Actually, um, uh, in India, it, I I wore mostly Indian clothes just because they're very comfortable. They're light cotton, and the other thing is, you know, the women in India cover their bodies, and uh, so out of respect, I would wear things that were, you know, along those lines, very loose fitting. But at our retreats in the United States, you know, people just wear what they want. You know, the traditional, um, you know, leggings and. Or shorts. A lot of the guys wear shorts and T-shirts, and <laughs> yes, I'm you know, just really leggings. comfortable. Really, <laughs> what? I'm not wearing leggings. <laughs> you know, you don't have to wear leggings. Yeah, no, just things that you're comfortable in. I mean, the idea is to have a really good time, and one of the things my husband and I really try to do is bond the group together, so it feels like a family by the end of the week. And one way we do one way we do that, Kimberly, Dr. Kimberly, which is really, I've discovered really works well, is in the opening session, you know, where a lot of times people get in a circle and they ask people to say why they're here. Well, what we do is we have people um, pair up into twos and then um, they ask, uh, they interview each other. And then the one, one person has to introduce the other person. And they've asked them certain questions, and so it just does something to the group when people are introducing the reason why someone else is coming. It pulls the group together in a different way, so that's fun. That's a lot of fun things we can do. Yeah, uh, the last time I did yoga, I think I was five. So, um, <laughs> what if you? Um, I mean, are these retreats suitable for people that you know? don't do that as a daily practice or aren't familiar with that, or, or would you say no? Oh, yeah. You know, we work with all different levels of people. And when um, when we teach, our morning classes are usually more hatha yoga, so they're more physical postures, but also a lot of breathing. Uh, we have had people, um, I've had somebody who was really, really ill that came, and they didn't do any of the postures. They just rested, but they were in the room to get the energy. Or maybe somebody couldn't do something and they just stood during the part of this class that they couldn't do and stayed very conscious and present. So, and then it 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 really there's such a range of people. And somebody asked me once, what level is this? What level class is this? And I think you know I don't divide it up into levels. People come to yoga with different life experience and levels of consciousness, maybe, but. Um, you know, we, we don't do something that's so hard that it makes you not want to come back, you know. So we, we gauge where people are at and then move from there. I got a, um, I got a, a message from Katie from New York, and she was asking, how much do your retreats cost usually? 
You know, because we are brought in by these places, you have to go online and take a look at what each place charges. So I'll give you an example. Um, Esalen has sleeping bag spaces. So they have sleeping bag spaces. They have rooms with four people, and they also have doubles where you can share. So it just depends, and each one has a different level. And I really I love the fact that Esalen does uh, have sleeping bag spaces because it allows people, you know, who don't have the funds to maybe do a double room, that they can still come and enjoy the retreat. And they have places where people can sleep indoors using the sleeping bags. Those spots usually go first, though. So if somebody was interested, they should jump on it with Esalen right away. And Kripalu, the same thing. Now, I don't know that they have sleeping bags, but I do know they have a lot of different levels from dorms to single rooms. So um, you could go online and, and take a look at that. So I hope that it doesn't really answer the question, but I know, yeah, I everyone's a little different. And the one that I'm doing at Haramara, which is in Puerto Vallarta, it's a women's retreat, and that's for a week. It's for women only, and it's fantastic. It's on top of a mountain in tree houses. What? Wow. Yeah, Dr. Kimberly and Shannon, you should come to that. It's on top of a mountain. With, we live in tree houses, but the tree houses, they have silk comforters. So it's like really elegant, but and there's no electricity. It's all done with kerosene lanterns. And the dining room has 500 candles at night overlooking oh the Pacific. Yeah, it's really great. And that's that one, it's on my website, and you can click over, and then it'll give you the pricing and everything. That one's a little more expensive. Michelle, if you have setting that up, I can, I can volunteer my time. You know, you're not the first man who has offered... <laughs> <laughs> but I will put you on the waiting list. All right, good. <laughs> good. I do see it. That's neat. Okay. I do see that. It, okay. Um, yeah. And people can really have tremendous breakthroughs. You know, one of the great things about retreats is you're leaving your day-to-day experience, and you're stepping out of that, and... You can be whoever you want to be. Nobody knows you generally, or most people don't know you unless you come with a friend. And you can start uh, really working on yourself in a very serious way, but with laughing the whole time. We we really do a lot to get people to really have fun, too. It doesn't have to be spiritual growth. doesn't have to be all serious, you know. One of the, all the great teachers say, you know, you've got to have a sense of humor. You'll never make it if you don't have a sense of humor. And I like I that. that. And that's what I love about what you do. I really think that you facilitate um, not only working through, you know, and getting rid of your stuff, but also, you know, then the celebration that comes after that, you know, and the new discovery. So you're very, as you said, balanced in your work. Some people just focus, you know, on clearing, 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 clearing. And um, there's so much more to life than just wallowing in all the junk. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, that was something that was brought out in India by one of the speakers. And one of the things he suggested was this particular man, um, who's also a psychologist, I think, he suggested having a, a special journal that you buy, and every day you write three things in it even just one, 
that was you noticed was really beautiful in your life that day. And after time, you really begin to shift. So very simple to just write down three really wonderful things that happened to you or three beautiful things that you saw and uh, make a little note at the end of every day. And uh, in a couple of months, you're going to start noticing that you see life differently. I love that, too. Um, Yeah. It's really served me well in my life. I remember in a dark, dark time in college, a very dark time, I went and met with um, one of the professors, and he said, and I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I appreciate it now. He said, you'll be fine. And I was bawling, and I'm like, my life is over, and everything looks hopeless and miserable. And he just said flippantly, you'll be fine. And I said, why are you saying that? And he said, because you always see the glass as half full, you'll be fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's good. It's great, too, to have people to remind us of these things, too, isn't it? It's so important. But, I, you know, I was born an optimist, and I'm telling you, if I had to give up every other quality, I'd probably keep that because that, it it just helps so much. So I love that idea of writing that down, you know, and and again, and this is one thing that, um, you know, I teach people, and and you probably do too, and maybe in a different way, is stop talking about your old story and stop start telling a new one you know it it stopped dwelling in that older energy and that the lower frequency energy and start you know singing a new song you know telling a new tale you know write write out you know what you what you wish to bring in in a much more positive way and i have to tell you michelle this rarely happens to me so i'm just going to point it out i just think it's such a gift you being here because you are just such a beautiful channel of those higher frequencies and you are just such a gift by who you are being, you know, you're just sharing, you know, truth with us, you know, and things you've learned, but yet the energy is so beautiful, you know, that you bring forth, and uh, I just want to tell you I really appreciate it, because my whole body's been, like, tingling since, like, five minutes in, and I'm like, Michelle, just keep talking for, like, two hours. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for saying that. That, That's, that's. No, you you know, you really do. You've really done the work, and not only done the work, but, you know, reap the benefit of doing that work. You know, another thing I love about you is you're eternally young. I mean, you are not too old to learn, and you're not too um, spiritual. You know, some of us get too spiritual in the consciousness movement to learn, and just I love that that openness, and you really have a thirst, you know, for expansion, and, and, you, and you don't feel that you've made it, you know, and that you're better than any of us. Rather, you come along you just have such a beautiful energy. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know what to say. Oh, that's okay. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. I, I'm just Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm very appreciative of it. And you know, and I, I have to say I have had some amazing teachers. Really amazing teachers. And I would not be who I am without those teachers. And of course, you know, one of the things somebody pointed out is that well, yeah, but you you followed what they suggested, you know, and and it's true, I did, but I knew that there was so much more to life than I was being taught by my my Midwest upbringing that there was something more, and I I just I was you know fortunate enough to get to get, have people who really you know moved me onward and helped me move onward, so. 
that's why I'm so appreciative of mentors, you know, and people who remind us who we really are. Because it's so easy to forget. It is so easy to forget. Mm -hmm. And I love love about your book. I encourage everyone to read it. It's one of those, um, you know, it reminds me uh, a little bit of the, you know, Eat, Pray, Love, because that's a rich book in its own way of her journey. And you're so transparent in in your book. I mean, you really uh, are coming from just a place of absolute openness and vulnerability, and there's many, many stories in there, actually, of some of your, your spiritual struggles and the things that you struggled with. And, and when you thought you'd learned a lesson, it's so cute. <laughs> you learned you hadn't really learned the lesson. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's just such a rich um Rich book if you're interested in, and I would say a little bit, you know, um, more expansive spirituality because really, really deep. There's, I like uh, one of my friends, Jared. He would always says high truth, and I just think it's a it's a book of high truth. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah, you know, the book has won. I have to applaud the book because the book has won five national awards and the San Diego Book Award in spirituality. And one of the awards the book won was the Nautilus Book Award, which was previously won by uh, the Dalai Lama, uh, Houston Smith, Marion Williamson, Andrew Weil, uh, Deepak Chopra. So the book has been acknowledged on that level, which is really fantastic. So I hope more people will read it and become inspired. Yeah, it is. It's very worthy of that honor. It is extremely extremely inspiring and while you might i know what you're going through kind of in your life right now you might want to check it out because it it really is it is actually one of the few books i have available um on my website as a recommended resource too so um i put it up there and i noticed i just went on amazon today to get your cover off for my for the radio show and i saw there were only four copies left on amazon which was so cute so i saw too we also have like four and a half to five star ratings too that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. People like the book, so so thank you. And uh, now I'm thinking about what's next. What's the next book? So, well, that remains to be seen. Ah, that's exciting. Well, um, could you give us your website once again, Michelle, and maybe spell it because I know it was a little tricky. Um, right, I'll be happy to. It's Raja Yogis. That's R A J A Y O G I S. So yogis like in two yogis, rajayogis.net. And um or they could even google me, um Michelle Hebert, and that's Michelle with one L and the last name is H E B E R T. I was going to say maybe Shannon and I will make our way out there. I'm a little I'm a little intimidated by the yoga part, to be honest, but I'd love to. Oh, no, no. You wouldn't. It, you, you would love it. You, you would love it. What? See, that's the problem is that people get intimidated because yoga has turned into a competitive exercise. And it's not, you know, it's just not. It doesn't have to be that way. And it wasn't designed to be that way. So it's sort of gone off on that direction here. But what we try to do is teach the, the um, 
you know, the the more authentic practice that includes everything without being overly uh, physically uh, challenging. I've always wanted to do yoga, but I'm I'm not a very limber person. I am like 5'11". There's no way I can touch my toes. My body just isn't going to go certain ways. So, I mean, I've always wanted to try it, though, and I figured, you know, once I did, I would probably limber up a little bit. But I've always been intimidated like that. I don't think I can really do it. Yeah, and it's so much more than that, you know. It's so much right. more than the physical. It's just a small part. And, you know, you just you start off where you are. And once you you just do the best that you can do, and then the body opens up. And it really does. I know when my husband first started, when he leaned forward, he could barely touch his knees. And <laughs> now, you know, it's just with, it's, it's consistency. It's like anything. That gives me hope. <laughs> consistency, that's right. Oh, you're 5'11". Oh, I hope yeah. someday we can meet each other. That's great. Yeah. I love women with Michael. height. Is there a limit on age, like how low, like for your women's retreat, like is there an age limit as far as? Either way, you know, um, we, it's so interesting. It just depends on the place as far as the young. What I remember one time we took a group to India and, and a mother brought her 11-year-old who wanted to, you know, do the ashram and who loved the Dalai Lama. So, it, uh, but I think with these places where I'm currently doing them, um, it's probably 18 or 16 or something like that would be my guess. Although Esalen has has young people there. And as far as uh, the upper limit, we've had people in their 70s on retreats, easy. So it's a, it's a range, you know. It just depends on, on um, now, it, it just depends on what a person wants and, what they want to do, if if they want to do it, you know, when you when you want to do something, then a lot of uh, difficulties fall away. So That's there, true. It's, yeah, as far as age, we don't really have an age limit. Well, it has been wonderful having you back again. It's oh, great. it's so great to talk with you again, all of you. Really, thank you so much, and. Um, I will send you a copy of the book signed, Dr. Kimberly, so you can pass that other copy on. Yeah, I'll get it off tomorrow. I would really appreciate that because I just, it would mean, I love the book anyway, but um, then I can give Shannon my unsigned copy. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I want a book. (laughs) Well, go buy one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll see what we can do here. Oh, that's so funny. Well, thank you so much. I know you're super busy, and um, you never know. I, I've always had a feeling since I first talked to you that we would meet in person one day, so maybe that will be sooner rather than later. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, and have a beautiful evening. Thank oh, you. Take care. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, she is you so think? sweet. I know, you know, she's she's the. Uh, you know, I was asking about the age because you know my children are you know so conscious and gifted, and, and she's truly, um, you know, just as she had mentors, she's someone that I would you know like my children as an example of, you know, this is an example of a you know amazing conscious, you know, divine feminine woman. I want to go. I want to go to 
um, hot tubs and Big Sur. Yeah, you want to go to the hot tubs, but if you're doing the yoga, you're going to be saying, why did we come? No, I'm not kidding. I think Michelle would probably uh, facilitate that in a very uh, kind and loving and supportive way. <laughs> I imagine. I hope. It's the power <laughs> of suggestion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, um, I'm trying to... The secret to, to everything it. radio show goes on the road. Oh, that's actually a great idea. We could be the No, that's a good yeah, idea. I like experience different things, like you know, and then that's talk about the great experience. Idea to, um, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, it, Secret of Radio Show is going on the road because it's going on the road to thank goodness Asheville, North Carolina, which I am very excited about. So, not this week, but um, and not next week, but the next week. I'll be broadcasting <laughs> from a new location, which is very I know, exciting. I'm not very excited about it. I am, You should be because it's beautiful, and I know the energy there is just super amazing. And there's tons of conscious people, so I may end up opening. You never know, Shannon. You might have to move out there and help me run a spiritual center out, out there because um, I could see that happening. Well, by the time that happens, my youngest child should be out of school, and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> there you go. Well, do you guys have anything else to – I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on with us that we haven't announced, Shannon. I don't think so. I mean, I if anybody has any questions about what's going on, they can always email me and ask, shannon.doctor.kim at gmail.com. Well, and our new website will be up. It's beautiful, and I think the web designer just told she was two weeks. So as long as I keep getting the information, we'll have a new website, and it'll have all the radio guests up. It'll have the old archive shows up. You can just click on them and listen. It will have all the classes and everything that we're doing, and it, it, it'll be very easily accessible. We have some really exciting new services we're adding. Um, lots of stuff going on, right? Right, Shannon? Tons of stuff going on right now. And, Walt, what is your website? My website is www.gotspirits.org, kind of like gotmilk.org. So it's gotspirits.org. And I have people give you ghosts from your house. That's what I do. All around the world. Okay. I love that. All right. Yeah. Well, if you guys don't have anything else to say, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you to all those that listen to the archive. Like I said, you can um, – Go to Michelle's website to get her book or sign up for the retreat. You can go to Secret to Everything as well to purchase her book. And next week is, um, what is her name, Walt? Carrie, Carrie Adams. Adams. Yep. Carrie Adams. And that should be a lively discussion. So. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> all right. So until next week, we love you all. Thanks so much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening on our Secrets to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time from 7 to 8 p.m. on Block Talk Radio.